Welcome to Hydrant Church. We're so glad you took a few minutes to join us and to, to worship with us today. It really is an honor that we don't take for granted. There are lots of different options, and we are so glad to worship with you this morning. In fact, we would really love to get to know you a little bit, to love to be able to connect with you beyond just a video. And if you are ready, if you're interested in more about who we are and how you can get involved in Hydrant Church, whether it's a life group or giving or serving, then we would love to help you. And the easiest way to begin to do that is to connect with us through text. All you have to do is text the word CONNECT to 919-888-4401. When you text the word CONNECT to that number, you'll get a text back and you'll be asked just to share your name and email address. And when you do that, we'll follow up with you and begin to help you to find your place as a part of what God is doing here at Hydrant Church. Now, many of you are already a part of us. You have been a part of us some for years, and you have been faithful to the mission. You have been giving generously even during this season, and we want to begin by saying thank you. We're so grateful for the ways that you continue to invest. You continue to help us to, to pour into teenagers and to teach and love and serve the kids of Hydrant Church and to serve through our food pantry and to be able to teach and connect and pray with people. We continue to see God growing His church even during this time, connecting new people to the mission. And it's because of your faithfulness your generosity. Now, if you would like to be a part of what God is doing here, if you want to invest in a kingdom work that makes a difference, then you can just go to hydrantchurch.org slash give. You can uh, go to our app. You can find there the ways to give by e-check or card, whatever works best for you. We're so thankful for the chance to continue to do ministry together. We know it's different. We miss you as much as you miss being together. And we look forward to being able to come back together. But in the meantime, we are not dismayed. We are not beaten down. We continue to have hope and continue to be about the work of Jesus, making disciples, loving people, serving God and others. We are still connecting and filling and overflowing. I want to take a moment before we continue to worship together, before we go into the Word, to be able to pray together. You know, there are so many things that we carry, and, and maybe this morning, you just want to get on your knees. You know, when we gather together for worship, we take this time, and we set it aside, and we set aside space in our worship center here where people who, who just want to get on their knees with God can do that. They're able to, to focus, to surrender, to come before him in a special way. Maybe it's right by your couch or coffee table or in your, in your living room or right beside your bed. Maybe you just want to take a minute and, and, and get on your knees. To get on your knees before the king of all creation. The one who knows us and loves us. To be close to him. To focus on him. As we do that, would you... Just talk to God about whatever it is you carry and surrender it to Him as I pray for us out loud. 
Father, it's us, your kids. And we come before you, some of us sitting, some of us standing, some of us kneeling. And we come before you because we need you and because we trust you. We come before you because we believe in you. We don't have all the answers right now, and there's so much that doesn't make sense. And many of us have lots of questions about what you're doing or where you're at or why this happens. And God, we choose to act in faith by still speaking out to you, still coming to you, still talking to you because we need you. We need you to meet us in this place. We need to know that you are with us and that you love us, that your word is true, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that we don't need to be afraid or discouraged because you go with us wherever we go. And the road ahead may be uncertain. The future may be volatile. There may be lots of confusion, but we know that you are with us. And no matter what comes, you will face it with us. We don't go alone. We go with you and we go together on this journey. Made strong by your love, made strong by your spirit within us. Because greater are you than anyone we face, anything we face in this world. God, we lean in and we ask for your strength, your love, your peace, your joy to overflow within us. We ask for opportunities to serve our neighbors, our community. We ask for opportunities, God, to demonstrate grace and mercy and love and encouragement to those around us. God, you are good and you are faithful. And so would you make us good? and faithful, even in times like these. In Jesus' name, amen. Body and mind formed, stitched together long before seeing the light of day. Surrounded by brokenness, we strive to withstand living, breathing, fighting, resisting. We were made to heal. Our bodies break and they mend. minds fight against fear and doubt. And when our brokenness falls beyond repair, we can have hope in our Creator that we will be restored. For we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made well.
Welcome to Hydrant Church. We really counted a privilege to be able to engage with you in this virtual way, to be able to share in worship and in prayer and in giving and in the Word. And so we want to just take this time to, to turn our, our hearts and our minds to Jesus. You know, we began last week talking a little bit about this illusion of control. We talked about how this virus and the pandemic that has enveloped the intention of our world has dissolved the illusion of control in our lives. And many of us have felt this ability to, to control chaos, to be able to control pain or suffering almost completely out of our lives. And then something like this hits and we are all affected. We all know someone who has gotten sick. And before long, the likelihood we is that we will all know someone who has died from this pandemic. And the suffering and this kind of mass level of suffering pushes us to a point that is beyond any easy answer. It pushes us to a point that we, we can't simply say, well, there's a reason for everything or just trust God's plan in all of this, or we can't fix it. And that happens to a lot of us personally at different stages of life. Last week, we said that we can have hope even in the midst of times when life or the world doesn't make sense, when, when it's hard. Because the, the truth is that life is beautiful and life is hard, but Jesus is with us. Jesus loves us. And as it tells us in Hebrews, he is here to help us in our time of need. That all we have to do is come to him because he understands our weakness. He understands what we're going through. And we can have that friend who comes along beside of us and is able to show us love and understanding and mercy and grace in a way that will sustain us and help us in these difficult times. But when we begin to think about what we have control over and really this vast list of things that we do not have control over, a question remains. A question remains at the end of last week's message when we talked about life is beautiful, life is hard. We don't have control over that. But we have a God who is with us, who loves us and helps us. The question that remains after that is what can I do? What should I do? What do I need to do? What do I actually have some control over? Should I be doing something? What should I say to myself or to others in times like this? If we go to the Word, I think we can find Jesus begin to point us in the right direction in the book of Mark in chapter 12. Feel free to take a minute and pull out your phone and, and, and Google Mark 12 or go to the Bible app and go to Mark 12. You can go to the Hydrant Church app and find the Bible there. In Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 28, we find these words. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had, had given them good answers, he asked him a question. 
of all the commandments, of all of the things that you can do, of all the things that you're supposed to do, of all the things that God tells us to do, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There's no commandment greater than these. Than that we love God with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. And then to love others as ourselves. At first reading, it may feel like a checklist, that Jesus has just given us a checklist about the ways we need to love God, that we need to love Him with our heart, and we need to love Him with our mind, and we need to love Him with our strength or our bodies. We need to love Him spiritually and, and do spiritual things for Him. And then to, to, to love other people. It's almost like, okay, checking off this list of compartments that I'm good. I love God in this area and then this way and in this way. But when we take that whole commandment and look at it, we realize he's kind of saying something else. You see, it starts with the Lord is one. The Lord, your God, is one. So love him with all the parts of who you are, with your entire self, and then love others then love others, love your neighbor, love your coworker, love your spouse and your kids and the stranger who drives by you, the one that you're afraid might contaminate you in the store or at the gas station. Love the one who might grab that last bar of soap or last package of meat in the grocery store. Love your neighbor. We are invited to love God with all that we are. In fact, it is commanded to love him with our whole selves. So when there are so many things that we don't have control over, we don't have control over the circumstances, but I have control over me and how I respond to those circumstances. I have the ability to respond to this stay-at-home order. I have a the ability to respond to the fear or insecurity of economic downturn. I have the ability to respond to time off of work or being laid off. I have the ability to respond to the fear of those that I love getting sick. I have control over me. And so when life is hard, when life is falling apart, when we don't know how to make sense of what's happening in our world, we can begin by doing the things that only we can do. We can begin with the only control we have, control over ourselves. Really, we need God's help even for this. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we have Paul, Paul writing to the church in Galatia, and he begins to explain to them the fruit or the outcome of a life dependent on God and one that's lived for itself. And when he describes a life 
dependent on God, when he describes what it is to walk with Jesus, to walk in the spirit of Jesus, he says that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Man, I tell you what, during this time, when all of this is going crazy, when I would rather walk by that cabinet and grab some more snacks, when I'd rather eat my feelings or stare at the TV until I can't think about what's going on anymore, when I'm just tired of another news report, when I have had enough of podcasts telling me how to do my job during a pandemic, when I've just had enough, what I really need more of is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And maybe during this time, when we all feel like the world is a little chaotic, when we feel like the world is out of control, when it feels like none of the decision makers around us really have any idea what to do next, we can take control of ourselves with the Spirit's help, and we can be differentiated from the world. We are different from the world in how we respond because we are marked by things like love and joy, and peace, and patience in this time. Who doesn't need more patience? I need patience right now with a chihuahua that is losing his mind every time someone farts too loud, opens a door, comes storming down the steps. No matter what, this dog loses his mind barking, and I need a little patience. Patience with kids and family, spouse, that we're all in the house all the time. We need a little patience. We need a lot of love to mark the ways that we pay attention to one another and respond to one another and respond to the people that we come into contact with when we have to go out. We need joy. There is lots to fear and there is nothing wrong with naming the way we feel. You see, our illusion of control has dissipated, and there are all kinds of things that we feel because it's gone. Maybe we feel a little overwhelmed. Maybe we feel a little panicky. Maybe it's just sadness or fear. Maybe we're just numb to it all right now. There's so many different things that we might feel. Maybe anger. Things that we have been told we shouldn't feel or shouldn't name or that good Christians don't have as a part of their journey. And I think it's important that we're truthful enough to name them, but also faithful enough not to let them own us. Maybe there are those 10 or 15 minutes a day or a day a week where those emotions come crashing over us. But we're able to lean in to the Spirit of God who gives us His peace and His joy and His love. And I think that there are a couple of ways that we can do this that are really simple. They're really who we are as Hydrant Church. Maybe it begins in our connection. We have to connect to God. 
We have to be intentional to connect to God. Maybe you want to call it the law of compound movement. But we find it in Jeremiah chapter 33, and we find the brother of Jesus, James, write about it. Jeremiah wrote that when we search for God, he'll be found. And James said that when we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. Now, at any given moment in our connection to God, we may be trying to get away from him. We may be trying to draw close or we may just be drifting. And I imagine that in a time like this, many of us are just drifting. It's hard to focus our attention right now. It's hard to, to keep our mind on praying. It's hard sometimes just to get out of bed or to, to stay awake. But if we'll make some time, maybe give ourselves a little extra time in this season to connect to God, to pray, to be in his word, to stare out at the sky and the trees, to hear the birds, to go for a walk in the woods, to, to go fishing, to, to go hunting, do whatever it is that helps you to begin to hear God, draw near to him. I think there's basics, like a, like a good cake. There's basics that are always going to be involved. There's always going to be eggs and butter and flour, and if it's a good cake, chocolate. But there's any endless number of things that can be added to change it up a little bit. And for all of us, there's the basics in this spiritual walk. Times of prayer, times in the Word, times to journal and think and reflect on what we've read, times of obedience. But then there is an endless number of things that we can do that will help any one of us to draw near. And it's different for all of us. Not only do we need a connection with God, we were built for a connection with other people. And it's hard right now. My heart goes out, especially to you extroverts who are longing for a hug, longing for a handshake, and for the rest of us who are longing for a little bit of time with the vast number of acquaintances we have to, to kind of just see and be around people. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, you are feeling this distance. But there are ways that we can bridge this gap. We can make a phone call. There, there are lots of different free video chatting resources. Find a way to come face to face, even through a screen. Maybe you can, if you're healthy, you can volunteer with one of the, the food service organizations in town or one of the other ways that you can get involved in helping people. Maybe what you need to do is just Go to that friend's house and sit outside 10 feet apart and have a conversation. There's any number of things we can do. Just because we have to stay home, just because we can't embrace one another, doesn't mean we can't connect with people. I want to encourage you to get involved in a life group. In fact, we, are, we have life groups that continue to happen virtually during the week. And next week, we're going to begin a new one on Sunday mornings. It'll happen at, at 1030 on Sunday morning. If you're interested in a life group, if you'll just text the word life group to the, to the number that we use all the time, you, you may know it just in case. We'll put it at the bottom of the screen. It's 919 
888-4401. If you're not already a part of a Hydrant Life Group and you would like to be a part of one, you need that connection with other people to, to pray, to be encouraged, to share what you're going through, to talk about what God is asking you to do and challenging you to do, then I want to invite you just to text the word life group, life group to that number there on the screen. And we'll reach back out to you and help you find a group that works for your schedule right now. Now, once we connect, God begins to do something. When we connect with him and we connect with others, something begins to happen in us. There is joy in the presence of God. There is peace that passes understanding in the presence of God. We can't be in the presence of God and not be loved. And he begins to fill us with things like grace and truth. We go back to Hebrews that we read last week. That when we come to him, he has mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. He will fill us with grace and he will fill us with truth. We have a God who deals in reality. He doesn't allow us to get stuck in our lies and in our fears. He doesn't allow us to deal in untruths. In fact, he engages us with the truth, with the truth that he is with us, that he loves us, that he has not abandoned us or forsaken us or forgotten us and that he is still, still working in us. He forces us into the truth, and he invites us into grace. And as we enter into his grace and truth, it begins to transform us. It transforms our emotions, because we can't play games and lie to ourselves. We begin to let him in beyond the surface. You see, many of us want to play this game with Jesus, you get my soul, I'll believe in you, and I'll toss a little money into the plate, and I'll show up at church once a week. But he wants all of us, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And his desire is to be able to go into the depths of who we are, to heal what has been broken, to restore the life into us, to give us hope to give us strength and he begins to do something in us that is very real and very hopeful very gracious he fills us with grace and with truth it's such a way that we're able to offer that to others we're able to offer one another a little grace when we get testy i know my family has offered me a lot of grace during this time my family has offered me a lot of grace today. We all need a little grace and we can begin to offer that to one another. Not only that, we can begin to offer one another truth to help us see what's real, to help us see what matters, to help us see what will actually help. We can begin to speak to one another in very real ways. You see, when we connected and we fill each other with grace and truth, when we come into one of those hard moments, we don't feel the need to fix it. We don't feel the need to teach a lesson or to minimize it. We can sit empathetically together in the pain. We can say things like, this sucks and it's not fair 
and I'm sorry that you're hurting and I will be here with you through it all. Or maybe I don't know exactly the situation you're going through, but I recognize those emotions and they're so hard. No, you don't go alone. I love you and I'm with you. Or maybe you don't say anything. It's just being present for one another. Saying a prayer. It's enough. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to minimize it. You don't have to teach anything. We can just be in this. And be truthful. Be honest about what we're going through. But in the midst of that, be honest that it doesn't own us and it doesn't determine our response. Our circumstances are outside of our control, but we can respond with hope. We can respond with joy. We can respond with courage. We can respond with gratitude. We can laugh in the face of pain. We can find the moments of humor and joy, and we can celebrate those. We can find the things for which we are grateful. We can be generous even when we're afraid we won't have enough. And this is where it naturally begins to overflow. Once we connect with God and others and we begin to be filled with grace and truth and we begin to help others to fill with grace and truth, something happens. It can't be contained with us, within us, like a reservoir that is overfilled. It will overflow. It will overflow in love and grace and mercy and hope to those who are in your home. It'll overflow in forgiveness. It'll overflow in joy. It'll overflow in possibility. It'll overflow in service. It'll overflow in worship. It'll overflow in generosity. There are all kinds of ways that we will see it overflow. We will overflow in praise for God and thankfulness and prayer and a desire to be with Him. And it'll overflow toward others. Ones He loves. Ones even that we're not sure we like it will overflow. During this time, when there is so much that is out of your control, when there are so many emotions, when there are so many things that you are facing, when there is so much that has just allowed the illusion of control to dissipate and dissolve and disappear, there are things within your control. We can with the Spirit's help, have self-control. We can connect, we can fill, and we can overflow. And when this is over, and every day until then, we'll be known as followers of Jesus because of the way we love. Would you pray with me? Father, I know that in this time, there's all kinds of emotions that have hit me at different times. And mostly I'm okay, but there are those days and those moments when I'm not. And I need your help. And I want to pray for my friends who are listening and watching right now. God, would you be our help? And in your spirit, would we discover self-control? Would we discover love and joy and peace and patience? Would we be known for kindness and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, 
Would we be your people who connect and are filled and overflow in your name? And when this is over, may your people, your disciples be known for their love, for the way they served, for the way they gave of themselves and their resources, for the difference they made in the lives of others. Would your kingdom receive glory? Would your name be uplifted? God, we need you. We need you. And so we lean in and we ask for your help, your spirit and self-control. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in this weekend to worship. We realize now more than ever how important it is for us to stay connected. So I want to encourage you to text in to 919-888-4401. And you can join us in supporting what's happening here at Hydrant and in our community. We've made it really easy for you to set up automated giving on our app and on our website. Know that you are loved. Have a great week.